Hello, and welcome back to Pathways with your host, me, Todd Allen Baker. And welcome back. And for this nice, special episode, it snowed here on the way to the studio today. So it was nice having to scrape off my car, but it was worth it to come talk to this special guest today. Um, God, I've known him since 1992, and he was probably 13 years old, and I was 20. Yeah, 2019, 20. Um, and at the present moment, he's done Broadway. He's done tours. And at the present moment, he is the personal tailor for Drew Barrymore and the Drew Barrymore Show. He's three-time Emmy nominated and two-time winner. Um, we've, I haven't seen him in years because we're always busy in the city and he's busy doing stuff. But I'm excited to hear his journey because He's got a true different pathway. He's went from a dancer to now a costume designer and tailor. And um, I always remember him sewing when he was a young kid in the in the sewing room, in the costume room when we were doing things. So at a young age, he had many multi-talents. And now he's kind of culminated all those into one thing, which I think is amazing. So I've been excited to have him on and have him share his story. So this is Mr. Matthew Kilgore. Welcome, Matthew. Hey, great to be here. Thank uh, you for having me. Oh, great. No, thank you for getting up and doing this like on a day off of yours, because I know you have a busy schedule. Um, I've been off for three weeks, so it's perfect timing oh so. you have a winter break so <laughs> we you, do have a winter break yeah so no it's great i appreciate you doing this and yeah. getting this done for today um so i just want to know and i mean i know your story as a young kid because i was kind of there but how did you get started in this whole theater business and we'll go in and segue into how you got into costuming and things later but i know you were a dancer first so how did you start that yeah, I was a dancer first, and um, we worked at Young Abe Lincoln together, and that was kind of... Yes, was, in 1992. 1992, yes. summer outdoor drama in southern Indiana, uh, which was based in my hometown, really. Yeah. Um, I, I grew up in Evansville, Indiana, and, um, you know, I was kind of looking for something to do, uh, and... I had some friends from school um, that performed the Feeglies. Uh, oh yes, the in, Feeglies, uh, yeah. Yeah, in in Young Abe Lincoln. And uh, somehow they got me into audition for the show. And, um, and I was cast as a little kid in this show. And uh, that kind of was my start with uh, with theater. Were you there the year before I got there? Were you there in 91? Because I came I down to see I the was. show. Yeah, I think I came down to see the show a couple times and the Feeglies ran it because Stephen played my little brother. Yes, yes. And um, I was in it the year before when we just did Young Abe Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And then the year we worked together was the first year that they did a second show. We did Big River. Big River, which yeah. I was not a part of. Um, but uh, But yeah, that was my second year. That's okay. You did not want to be there for the tech rehearsals that lasted from midnight till five in the oh morning. Oh my gosh, I know. Um, but not I love that show. I loved coming to see that show. Yeah, it was great. Um, I mean, I've done it twice, but yeah, not yeah. fun. 12 yeah. to five tech rehearsals, not fun. Not fun, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, but that was kind of my start in professional theater. I had worked um, 
in in school, I had been involved in choir and um, Oak Hill Singers, which Tiffany's mom, Tiffany Ball, uh, Tiffany Schreiber Ball is yeah. uh, a good, the mutual friend of ours. She'll, she'll be on before you. So people will know who she is. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our big sis, Tiffany. Yeah. Uh, her mom kind of got me started in uh, the performing arts world of Evansville, Indiana, mm-hmm. and, um, really became a mentor of mine. I just saw them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so they are still very much a part of my life. And um, uh, and that that kind of got me started on my performing journey. And then through Young A. Blinken, I made a few contacts and then um, just stayed in contact with a lot of people, even at a young age. And um, continued. Didn't you start at Evansville Ballet for a little while as well? I did right after, right after that, because I thought. that I, the first or second year of young Abe, um, you know, you, I got bit by the bug. <laughs> I know we talk about that a lot, but that's, that's, I know a, that's people use thing. that word. People have been using that word and I kind of always segue, we call it the bug. So the there bug. is, there it's, is a lingo to it. Yeah. Which is, um, which is true. You uh, kind of have a little taste and then get addicted to that. And mm-hmm. um, and so that winter um, holiday world, which is that theme park right down the road from uh, Young Abe Lincoln, they do a they do a Christmas show slash holiday adventure in the park, and um, I was trying to convince my parents to let me audition for that. And Holiday World is a 45 minute drive from Evansville. So that they thought that would be a lot to deal with in the winter on top of school and everything. And so uh, they, my mom saw an audition for the Nutcracker um, with Evansville Dance Theater in the newspaper. And she kind of made a deal with me and she's like, why don't we just, go audition for this and um, and we'll see. And so I was like, okay, that sounds like fun. And I went and um, auditioned and wound up getting cast in that year's production of The Nutcracker. And I'd never taken a dance class. I'd never really like, I'd taken dance like as a child, but mm-hmm. I'd never taken ballet. I didn't, we were like skipping to the rhythm and like marching and like all. You would have been about 14, 15 at this time. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think I was like 13 or 14 14. at that time. And, um, the artistic director, you know, as, as dance schools do, they need boys. Mm -hmm. Um, cause ballet is a, at that time and still kind of is, is a traditionally female, (laughs) Right. Dominated. And if you have a boy, you take that boy and you you and sink you, you sink your time and energy to produce to produce people. It doesn't matter how late boys start. And I yeah. don't think our audience knows that. I mean, I didn't <clears throat> I, I've been in ballet companies where um people don't start sometimes they start at a young age, but I've known yeah. People that are like in college, I didn't really, really start until college. I had training. Yeah. Uh, my technical training didn't start till really college, but I had like m- minor training beforehand always. But I've known ballet dancers that come in at age 18 and have long professional careers and they've never yeah. danced a day in their life. Yeah. 
And so I feel very lucky that that um, that that's kind of how this ball started rolling for mm -hmm. me um, because the artistic director did. She she was like, oh, a boy that can like skip on rhythm and march on the beat. Um, I played piano, so I had musicality and I knew rhythm and that was just that was second nature to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think she really saw saw something in me. Uh, her name is Dina Alaska. She's still she still has a ballet company in Evansville. Uh, mm -hmm. She's still training children. Um, and she she cast me in the Nutcracker uh, in the role of Fritz, which is Clara's brother in the party mm -hmm. scene. And I think I was like a a rat in the in the battle scene and um, and throughout that process with the Nutcracker, um, she really told my parents that I need to be in ballet class. And, um, you know, we, we didn't have the money for, for dance class, like growing up, it, I, we were a very like middle income family and there was just not the money re required for, um, for that level of uh, training. And she said, okay, we'll put you on scholarship. That's what happens. I mean, yeah. even when I was a yeah. young kid where I studied at like a local studio and that's really kind of what happens. And I don't think our audience knows that as well. Either it's a competition studio or a ballet academy, nine times out of 10, your boys are gonna get a scholarship. Yeah, yeah. And so she scholarshiped me uh, from sixth grade all the way to my graduation day of high school. Wow, and, um, that's awesome, that's yeah. awesome. And she said, but you're gonna work for it. And and I did, I I always had to help with load-ins and load-outs when we would move into the theater and move out of the theater. So I really got, um, I really got to learn a lot about what it takes to put on a show. You learned that. everything because you, yeah. you and that's how I landed in the costume world because mm -hmm. my mom, my mom sews, sewed. And um, so she was part of that as well. She would part of that scholarship was her working as well. So she would work in the costume shop and I learned to sew from a very young age through my mom and my grandma. And so they, uh, that's kind of where that started. It was like living in the costume shop and helping my mom make costumes for the ballet. And um, that was really what gave me the foundation for my career as a dancer was um, those seven or eight years at Evansville Dance Theater that um, that put me so far ahead of the game when I got out into the real world um, because I started at age 13. And mm -hmm. like you said, a lot of guys don't start until they get to college and they're like, oh, I wanna, I have to learn ballet. I have to learn all these, um, I have to learn all these steps and the terminology and like, I'm not that flexible. And like, I, I had the luxury of being able to start at a young age. And so I feel like that her taking a chance on me <laughs> mm -hmm. really like launched me into a, my career. It's a, it's a gratitude. 
it's, yes. it's, you look back and you're like, you, you had the opportunity and, you know, I oh, think- 1000%. It would, there is, there's no way my career would have gone where it did had that foundation not been laid by, by those people growing up in Evansville. There's Sue Schreiber, my middle school mm-hmm. choir teacher, um, Dean Alaska, my ballet teacher growing up. Uh, are you Sarah, giving your Emmy speech right now? Are you doing? I'm your not. Thanks? I'm just. I'm just. They, they have to be. You're, you're doing your gratitude list. Yeah. I am. Yeah. Terry Becker, who uh, just recently passed away uh, tragically, uh, he was my high school choir drama director, um, and Ricky Newman, who was my choreographer that I learned how to tap from in high school, and um, those are the people that really launched me into this business of show. <laughs> so after that, did you progress on to college? I did progress in the, on to college. I performed, I, thought. I did some musicals in high school, like everybody does. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, but one thing, let me go back. Yeah. You were a dancer and we had one of my friends, Kyle Gagne. He's like, yeah. he's, He's, I think you know him. He's vocal for, yeah, yeah you know Kyle. He um, was, uh, he was um, Huck Finn, right? No, oh, no, 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 no. Kyle was at AMDA. Kyle right. is at AMDA, yes, is yes. a vocal director at AMDA. And yes. now that you're a boy dancer, and I've had Dion Ridley on, and I didn't really talk about it, but I know you know this. I would like you to plug how important, whether you're a male or female, it is for dancers to sing. Oh, you have to sing anymore. The, the days of the dancing chorus and the singing chorus Mm -hmm. and principles are, is so far gone. Yeah. You don't get your mic muted. No, 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 no. no. You have to be able to sing because most shows are a cast of 24 people. Mm-hmm. And, and on ships now, pretty much they yeah. want you to sing because they want you, to you sing. have your dancers, but a lot of the ships are changing over to book shows Yeah, and they want a full chorus. And here's the kicker. All of the understudies are pulled from the chorus. So mm-hmm. you have to be able to cover principal roles as a dancer. Right. Um, and so you really... You have to be able to sing. You have to be able to d- dance, obviously. And you have to be able to act. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just that's just how the business is now. It and, is. Absolutely, um, it is. There's no more, I'm a singer, I'm a dancer. It's you have to be all, you have to be a triple threat. Yeah. On very few occasions, is it possible to, like, you have to be, like, like a astounding dancer to, right. be, to get through with, with not having any kind of a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to, you have to study it all um, and be a well-rounded performer. And you went to Butler, you progressed on to Butler, am I correct? I did progress on to Butler. I had, um, I had a little bit of a bumpy ride in college because I, I, when I finished high school, I was like, I love musical theater, but it didn't seem, it didn't seem, I, in Evansville, it didn't seem possible for musical theater to be a career. New York seemed so far away. And like, I was like, I'm happy with what I'm doing now. Like I do it, I 
I do it for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I need something solid to do. So I was like, I'm going to be a music educator. And so I went to school for music education. And Same. That's yes. what I started off with yeah. before I switched. Yeah, music and education. Three weeks into my freshman year of college, I was like, oh, I've made a huge mistake. I, my heart wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. I was, um, and so I, I was a music education major with a dance minor. I was doing all of the dance shows. I was in show choir in college at Millican University. That's where I actually started. Okay, and, you went um, to Millican first, okay. I went to Millican for two years and I tried really hard to make it work. And um, I couldn't make it work. And I had one of my dance teachers there was like, you need to not be here. (laughs) And because they only had a dance minor. And what she was saying was you need to be someplace where you can use your dance talent. And um, and she's like, I'm going to help you find a dance school. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And so someone that's guiding you and doesn't yeah. want to keep you there for selfish reasons actually yeah. cared about you to make your career progress forward. Yeah. And so we we spent uh, at least half the year of my sophomore year trying to um, trying to find a school. And it's hard when you're in college mm-hmm. and having to go audition for colleges while you're doing your college work. Um, and so Butler was like three hours away mm-hmm. or so. Um, and I was able to go audition there. I think I auditioned at Southern Methodist University. Um, the thought of going to Oklahoma City, which had a, um, they had a, like a contemporary dance program that was geared toward like musical theater dance and, um, all of that. Uh, but Butler was easy. Butler was close. I'm from Indiana. Um, they scholarshiped me. Um, and so I transferred to Butler and I started in the ballet program and I got through my first year of that. And I was, I was loving it because ballet is what I did. Mm-hmm. There was no theater. And so I was a dancer. Not at, not at that time back in Butler. There really yeah. wasn't a musical theater program back Not then. at all. They had this amazing ballet program, mm-hmm. this amazing music program, and this amazing theater program. And none of them commingled at all. So yeah. at all, which I thought was ridiculous. Very odd because they have a great vocal department. Yeah. They have a great dance department and they have music education, but yeah. it took, it's just now, it's just now that they're actually starting to produce musical theater and do shows. And really within the last five or five years, um, kind of during COVID it took off, but it's, it's, but it's taken a while for yeah, all three was- to, to collaborate together. Yeah, this was 1998 that I was in, that I was a butler. And um, so I made that work for a year. And then my senior year of butler, three weeks into school, I had gone through Nutcracker auditions, all of our placement auditions. And I was in ballet class doing Petit Allegro. And my body was exhausted from the schedule I was keeping. And I fell in ballet class. 
I landed a jump on a pointed foot and my ankle just kind of went underneath me. And I, um, I severely sprained my ankle and I, I fell on the ground and I tried to get back up and I collapsed again. And, um, and I crawled to the front of the room and I watched my little foot <laughs> grow to like the size of a small melon. And I was like, oh, this is not good. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't good. It was, I was out of Nutcracker uh, for the fall. And then they tried to get me back on it for the spring. And I just kept re-injuring my ankle and I was out the entire year. Um, it's one of those things where they always say it's better to break it than to sprain it. That's what they said that in fact, when I went to the emergency room, uh, my ankle was so swollen that they couldn't even see what was going on in the x-rays because they were like, you have to come back. Um, so it was, it was really bad. And it was my first experience with a major injury. And, um, and it was kind of devastating because it was here. I was like at the end of college looking forward to what came next and I was injured and I kept getting re-injured and um, we got to the end of the year and they weren't going to let me graduate um, because I wasn't able to fulfill all of my dance classes. So they wanted me to come another year. (laughs) And I said, I'm not doing that. And I made a deal with my mom and she said, if you can get a job, you don't have to go back to school. And I like a challenge. <laughs> so um, I sent videotapes and um, like VHS tapes. Oh, that, yeah. That's back uh, in the day where we had yeah. the, I, we all did that. It's not yeah. like you did it. No. Yeah. 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 That's how we did it. And I sent it to uh, all of the cruise ships um, and I got some, I got some good feedback mm-hmm. and Royal Caribbean offered me a job like sight unseen. I, they, they were like, we've got a spot for you on one of our uh, ships and we'd like you to start in the fall. What, I, what year was that? That was the fall of 2000. No, the fall, wait. Yeah, the fall of 2000. Where was I? I would have been there. I don't know. Did you go, I was, did you, what I ship was did you do? The Sovereign of the Seas. You did The Suffering of Disease? I did. I did the suffering of disease. I did in two thousand. In two thousand, you replaced me. Seriously? Yes. That's crazy. In year two thousand, blast from the past and rock on Broadway were the two shows I started. In year two thousand, yeah, you replaced me because I had a deal that I could go and do Europe, and I got off that ship in December of 99 okay yeah then you would replace i went on in the fall of 2000 i believe yeah i was already over in europe but yeah yeah. so that's why i missed you in rehearsal yeah yeah i you basically replaced me that is so weird crazy on that tiny ship that oh the suffering uh, oh, it was just a like car. A, I, I think it's a car ferry now. It's nothing. I looked it up and they finally, it wound up in like the Mediterranean. Yeah. And it was finally sold for scrap. Yeah. So oh yeah. That's right. They did sell. Yeah. It is no longer with us. No, the suffering of disease that we used to call it. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. That's so weird. Yeah. yeah. Rock on Broadway. So, Fantastic show. 
Yeah, fantastic uh, show. One of the hardest shows I've ever done. Yeah, my- it's a great show. It made me grow as a dancer. That was a good show. Yeah, it was a good show. The choreography was amazing. And um, yeah, but Royal Caribbean hired me and um, <laughs> I went back and I told my mom, I was like, I got a job, so I'm not going back to school. And um, and so I, I did a summer stock gig that summer. And then in August, I flew to, uh, we were in Miami at that time. We were still in Miami, yeah. Miami City Ballet Studios. Um, And then then we joined the ship in Port Canaveral and I was on it for, uh, for six months. Yeah. So. Fantastic, I love that. That's That's a good pathway, that was a good segue. That got me out of that got me out of Evansville, mm-hmm. and um, I haven't uh, I haven't lived there since. Um, and I've been able to make my living in the performing arts um, since then. So, and where did you progress on from ships? Did you just do one contract, or did you go did on? One, I just did one. Um, you can imagine, you know, the Sovereign of the Seas, <laughs> and our our route was we did three and four night cruises. It was Bahamas. Bahamas and that's it. And Coco K. And Coco K on the four day cruise. And, and then Coco K wasn't anything what it is now because oh, Coco like, K is amazing. Yeah. Coco K was like a water slide and like some and some snort, banana boats. And a yeah. banana boat and a like like some scuba dive, like something. Yeah. Like, there was nothing. Like nothing. now Coco K is this huge American like paradise. I was just there last year. It's a really, yeah, it's amazing. It's like a beautiful one day resort. It's like gigantic. That's amazing. I know. Yeah. It was not that at the time. Oh, it was not that. I, I, I was young and I, I was very impatient. I think Mm -hmm. in my youth of wanting to, uh, get going in right. this um, industry, and the ship I was on, there we were basically performing in a showroom. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was a very small stage. Um, the The show was both shows were we both basically wore show blacks. Yeah, and, it was a, and, there was no big costumes on that one. And, they, yeah, so it was not the cruise ship best experience. it's a starter ship it was a starter ship for sure and and uh, it was older in the line and so the other ships and by that time 2000 that's when all the big ships were coming out yeah like the explorer so, and like the huge yeah that's were. when everything started to take off even bigger for royal caribbean so those smaller yeah. ships didn't get the budget that they used to yeah and so i i was like I get it. I totally get it. Don't know that this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would, the last, like halfway through that contract, I started, I subscribed to Backstage, mm-hmm. the newspaper at that time. We've and talked about Backstage. You, yeah. The yeah that's how we, there was no internet at no. the time. Um, no. And so I had a PO box at the, port in Port Canaveral. And so every week I'd get the previous week's (laughs) backstage 
which was, so I was already kind of a week behind, but I would pour through that. And, um, and I started sending headshots and resumes. Like I would, I would get it. I would spend the week or spend the cruise deciding who I was going to send headshots and resumes to. Um, and I would get them all prepped in an envelope. And when I get back to port the next, uh, the next week, I would take them and I'd send them. And that was an every port day activity for me. And I had videotapes mm-hmm. uh, that I made with the people on our ship, like the video people. I was like, Hey, can you film me doing some dance combos on the stage? Um, Same. That's how, like I had an audition reel. They made you a reel. Yeah. And it was nice at the mm-hmm. time because we had a good background. We had a stage to dance on and, mm-hmm. uh, and they were very generous because, you know, we're all stuck on a boat together right. and, you know, people help each other. Right. They do. And, um, and so I, I had a little dance reel put together and I, it was on VHS and I would, they would copy tapes of it for me. I'm like, here's some blank videos. I need, mm-hmm. I need this copied. And, and then I started mailing those out. And by May of that, year um i got some auditions lined up and so i took a weekend i took a cruise off where i signed off the ship and i flew to new york and i went to three or four auditions wow and i flew back and i flew back with um a callback in hand that was happening in three weeks. I had about five weeks left on the ship and um, I, the entire flight home, I was like, what am I gonna do? Like, I'm on the ship, I'm not really happy where I'm at and I have this opportunity to go to this callback. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't sign off the ship again. Like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna grant me another no, no, not at that time. No. Yeah. Not at that time at all. And so I think before I got on the ship, I might've called my parents and I was like, I don't know what to do. And they were, they, my parents are not stage parents at all. Right. And just, they said, whatever you decide, we'll support you. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of how they've been my entire life. And I'm so lucky for that. And I was like, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to give my notice. And so I went back on the ship. I signed back on and I gave them my two week notice that I was going to uh, be departing the ship. And, um, and I did. And I, I left, uh, I left a contract that was, they had talked about sending me to Alaska for my next ship mm-hmm. um, with Royal Caribbean. So I had this like future kind of in place mm-hmm. with Royal Caribbean, but New York city was really, I knew that's where I wanted to be. And um, so I made this decision. I had a callback for a chorus line and I was like, I just trusted my gut that I needed to be at that callback. And so I, signed back onto the ship and I handed in my two week notice and I said, this is going to be my last day. And then I booked a one-way flight to New York straight from the ship. And, um, 
stayed with the girl that wound up being becoming my roommate Mm -hmm. and uh i went to that callback and i didn't get the job but the next production of a chorus line that this director was doing i got called in for the show and i wound up booking that show so and that's the show that gave me my equity card like all within the next six weeks after moving it all worked out you had a great pathway you took a chance you rolled the dice and you you your gut said be there so you followed your gut i followed my gut and that's kind of been my i i feel like i have good a good gut sense (laughs) and um if i really trust it and really like listen to what my instincts are saying um that's one thing that i've I've always followed that feeling mm-hmm. uh, in in my career and in my life, and it's never I, like looking back. It it's always tended to be the right decision that needed to be made at the time. So mm-hmm. that's what got me to New York. Um, right. And because I'd been working on a cruise ship for you know making crazy money and having no expenses. Well, you uh, don't have any, and you save a ton of money on that run. A ton of money. Yeah. Because you don't have anywhere to go. What are you going to buy in the Bahamas and you can't buy right. anything at Coco K. So actually that run is a great run to stock away some money. Yes. And so I moved to New York with all this money in the bank and I was able to live for like six months without having to get a job to mm-hmm. support myself. I just that's, had, that's savings you could audition. Yeah. And so all I did was audition. I went to everything and, um, and I booked my first show within, within the first six weeks of being there and it gave me my equity card and, um, and it really set me on this path of, uh, performing. So. And from there you went on to, cause I kind of want to segue into the next chapter of your life from there. You did white Christmas on Broadway and yeah. then you did Chicago the tour. Like I did you did Chicago some... the tour. And I, I know chorus line, I kind of want to go back to that because it's always a passion of dancers. And yeah. I want to kind of segue into how, you know, what you're doing now, but how you got started. And I find it interesting. And so what people don't know is um I would like for you to talk to them about how when you we're still dancing and still doing stuff, how you produced and why you produced your own line of course line clothing, like the final costumes. I think yeah. that is such a brilliant story and kind yeah. of put you on a path as a dresser and all the stuff that you started doing. And I, I kind of want to get into that so we can segue to where yeah, you are now. Of course. Yeah. So Course Line was my first show in New York. I did it. With, I was supposed to do it with Mitzi Hamilton, mm-hmm. who was the basis for the character Val in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so she cast me in the show. She was the one that called me back, got me off my ship. And um, between the time she cast the show and uh, when rehearsal started, her mother got very sick. And so she had to go be home with her. And so she pulled out of the show and couldn't direct the show. And uh, the dance captain from... Broadway, uh, Troy Garza wound up directing it. Mm-hmm. And so I learned the show from people that the show was created on, that were in the room from the very beginning. That's Fran amazing. Liebergall That's was amazing. Our, yeah, Fran Liebergall was our uh, music director. She played 
she played in the pit. She played the piano parts that you hear on the cast, the original cast recording. Yeah, you got the you got the real deal. So yeah, so I learned that show from them, and that was my very first show that That's I did. Special. That's it's a very, very special. special show to me. And um, it's a special to all of us, but the fact that you had some yeah. of the OGs in there, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, I, a, that, that's golden. I thought it was cool at the time, but looking back, I didn't realize how really spectacular that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I had, I had the typical New York career. I was very, very lucky to consistently work. I, I danced on Broadway. I checked that off my list. I toured all over the world and all over the US. And as I was getting close to 40, um, I was dealing with some knee injuries and um, and some, some other things. And my heart was starting to just not be in it anymore. Um, I was, I didn't want to be the old chorus boy in auditions Mm -hmm. like the people were like oh like it's kind of sad to see this old guy still (laughs) trying to audition and compete with the younger kids that are fresh out of college I didn't want to be that for myself um and so I knew that my time dancing in musicals was coming to an end and I didn't want that end to be determined by an injury. I didn't mm-hmm. want to just stop getting cast in things. And um, I wanted to, I wanted to make the decision that I was going to be done and be happy where I was with my career. And in 2018, I was cast in a chorus line as the role of Larry. Mm-hmm. Mitzi Hamilton was the director. Once again, another OG. Yeah. Yeah. She got me off that ship in 2000 and 18 years later, she was directing the show. She cast me. Um, I had a knee injury at the time. She worked with me through it. Um, And and my now husband, um, my fiance at the time uh, was also in the show. And it just felt like such a full circle moment that I was like, I made the decision that this was going to be my last show. Mm-hmm. It felt like we had completed the circle. Mm-hmm. I was doing the show with people I loved, finally getting to do the show with Mitzi. Um, and and it was a chorus line. I started my New York career with a chorus line and ended, was going to end it with a chorus line. And so I made that decision and I was happy with that decision. And during that time, um, the costume showed up. And they were raggedy jaggedy costumes <laughs> because they're expensive costumes. Um, and they get rented a lot and mm-hmm. worn a lot and they go mm-hmm. on sweaty dancer bodies and- And adjusted and, for bodies and, and retailer. heights and like taken in, taken out, pants, hems up and down. And mm-hmm. um, they just, they still look beautiful from the audience because right. they're satin and rhinestones. Mm-hmm. But up close, it's, they just feel like you're like, oh, I'm wearing like tattered clothes. And um, and at the time, I was like, I could do this. 
I could, I could manage a set of these costumes and I could do it really well because I have the skills, I have the knowledge of the show, I have, um, I have everything it takes to make this mm-hmm. work. Right. And, um, and so it kind of started the wheels turning in the back of my head and, um, and I kind of set that as a goal to, I wanted to be a person that carried on the legacy of this show through the costume side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have the money at the time to make that a reality, but I knew that somehow, someday, that's what I wanted to do. And um, so after I stopped performing, I, uh, I got hired as a dresser on Broadway. I was working at Frozen and then Hamilton right up until the pandemic. And mm-hmm. so I was making Broadway money. I was saving, 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 saving. And during the pandemic, I was like, this seems like a good time for a pandemic project. And mm-hmm. so I started patterning and ordering fabric. And I started creating my set of finale costumes and then I started putting together the the line costumes the audition costumes that they were to the show and um really creating my own set and I have that set they were worn for a production at Malloy College and I didn't have the finales done at that time. And then last year, Stage of St. Louis posted that they were getting rid of their brand new set of finale costumes and their entire stock of A Course on Costumes. And I said, I contacted them and I said, I want these and I will take care of these. And um, so I bought them. They they shipped them up to me, and now I own two sets of A Chorus Line costumes, and um, and I rent them to theaters doing A Chorus Line. That's and, amazing. Uh, I think that's a full, even, that's a double circle. That's a double circle, because now, now I get to be a part of carrying on that legacy. You do. That's a, that's special. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. super special. So, that's my, uh, that's how I got that business, that side hustle. And it's still a side hustle because it's mm-hmm. uh, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't pay all of the bills. <laughs> right. Um, and it's a passion project too. Mm-hmm. It's a pa- passion project and uh, a side, side gig. So let's segue because I only have like 12 minutes left. Oh, yeah. Start, start entering the room and I have to oh, go. Actually, yes. I actually have to go back and have one more client today. So I have to get back there oh, gosh, to my yeah. place. So, but so let's segue with what you're doing now with the, how did you get onto the Drew Barrymore show? How did you get this? And in a 12 minute time span, yeah. how'd this all happen? I'm going to make this fast. I, uh, right before the pandemic, I was working mornings at the Today Show mm-hmm. and I worked with this woman um, named Deb. And then the pandemic happened. Everything shut down. Uh, July of that year, I got a random call from somebody from CBS. They're like, hey, this is Brian. I got your name from this other person. Um, 
was like, I don't know who this other person is. And uh, we have this. Once again, let me just cut real quick. Reputation matters. Someone called you. So we've talked about this before. Yeah. Yeah. Someone called me. And um, long story short, I went through some interviews uh, and I wound up getting hired for this job. And when I tracked back who, like how it telephoned back that this person got my name, it telephoned back to my friend Deb that worked at the Today Show with me. Um, And she recommended me to someone who recommended me to someone who gave my name to CBS. And then I wound up getting this job. Amazing. Yeah. And so it really dropped in my lap. And um, when, when I was offered the job, it was, there were a lot of things. It was major, it was going to be major tailoring, which I knew how to sew. Tailoring was not something I, I knew like basic tailoring, but Mm -hmm. the things that were going to be asked of me, I was not super confident in, but um, I, I said, yes. And I said, you know what? Like, if it doesn't work, they can let me go. <laughs> You'll figure it out. I'll it's figure like, it out. It's yeah. like Tim Gunn says on Project Runway, you know, make it's it like, make it work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was, I was able to do it. And four years later, I'm still, still doing this. And um, it's been the perfect job for me because I get to make costumes when they need costumes made. I get to, tailor all of her clothes everything she wears needs something done to it uh mostly pants hems and arm sleeve lengths but um so i really get to flex that creative design muscle and i get to make wonderful costumes Uh, i get to recreate a lot of costumes that she's uh worn in the movies uh which is oh that's cool that's cool yeah i did a josie grossie for her um I've done a Glenda the Good Witch from Wizard the of Oz. The Glenda, wasn't you, weren't you nominated for that one? We were nominated that year, yes. That, we did that, that year, costume, we were nominated. Yeah. Your recreation, me being a Wizard of, Wizard of Oz kid, that from hand by yourself, that was spectacular. Thank you What so you much. did with that. It was That fun. was amazing. Was, we had a... We were also that was middle of the pandemic, so we couldn't get we couldn't get a lot of things to make that. So we were we were ordering things on Amazon. We were ordering like everything had to be ordered. You couldn't just go to the store and buy fabric at that time. No, yeah, it was um, still shut down. Yeah, and so it was it was that felt like a project runway project, <laughs> right? But um, but yeah, it's it's taken on this life of its own. I love who I work with. I love, um, Drew's amazing. Um, and it has just really given me, given me a chance to really flex a lot of creative muscles that I didn't even know that I had. And, um, so it pushed you, it made you grow in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you knew how to sew and you knew how to do some stuff and you were already doing your own line, it yeah. just, it puts you in a, a space where you could grow into yes. something even different yeah. that you never thought you could do. It was a whole different pathway that you never expected to take. Completely different pathway. And um, it's, it's wild. 
E.T. was the first movie that I ever saw as a child mm-hmm. in the movie theater. And now in my adult life, I'm working with the the star of that movie. You and have a lot of circles. Lots yeah. of circles. Lots of circles. And um, yeah, it's it's wild. It's wild. That's, that's So what is your typical day? Do you have to do a lot or do you have a tip? What's your like? briefly like what's your typical week our our typical week we shoot three days a week we do two shows a day Mm -hmm. um 11 o'clock and three o'clock monday is my work day so i have a day that i come in and i work with her stylist who selects all of the clothes Mm -hmm. and then he puts them on my rack and then i have a dress form that is padded out to drew's measurements so she doesn't have to come in for fittings all the time. Right. And, um, and it's basically math. Like I know her measurements. I know what, what sleeve lengths need to be, what pant lengths need to be, what her waist measurement is. Um, and so Monday is my day to really catch up on that kind of work. And then Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays are our shoot days. So I usually get in in the morning and have about an hour that I can finish up some alterations. And then the rest of the day is spent getting our guests ready. So I do anything from minor repairs for them, steaming and pressing clothes, just getting their looks ready for camera. And so uh, I think that's an interesting thing because I think people just think that, you know, someone picks out their wardrobe and they're a guest person. So they just wore their own clothes or they had a stylist pick it out and they just march out on stage. But that's yeah. not the case. Yeah, they show up in a garment bag and um, and then they come to me and I and I get them out and steam all the wrinkles out of them and then they get ready and then they go to set. So um, so we really we really try to give our guests on the show um their VIP treatment. Um, so they come in and can look their best on screen as well. Um, and so it's, it's really, that's a really exciting part of my job as well. Um, I get to kind of be the face of our wardrobe department to, um, to all of the guests that come on our show, celebrities, human interest. We have a lot of chefs that come on our show. So I get to meet all these wonderful, exciting people, um, every day. So I love it. I just think that that's why I wanted to have you on because like you're my first costumer and I know we kind of briefly went over that, but I mean, it's just an amazing thing that you, and this is why I started this podcast because, you know, we all transition in and out, whether you have a talent agency, whether you go to produce movies, but I think yours is such a special story of like, you knew when you were done performing and you're like, okay, where, where do I go? So I've known a lot of dancers who have went backstage and have been dressers Mm -hmm. yeah, and, you know, stay with that. And they stay, you know, they're like, okay, I have my knee injuries. You know, I'm in my forties. I'm just going to be a dresser and they love it and they stay with it. Um, But I love how you were like, I'm doing that, but now you you formulated it in, into your own and i think that's such a special pathway that dancers and anyone that's in this business knows that there's different aspects 
that we don't have to go out and get like a temp job or this job. Like if you can, yeah. if you want it and you know how to do it, there might be other dancers who have dance moms who sew like yours that can learn the trade and keep it going. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I say this all the time. I performers are magical people that they can do anything, <laughs> right? Because they've had to do anything and everything. Um, I mean, you get cast in a show and they're like, we need you to fly on this trapeze. And you're like, okay, we'll all learn how to do it. And yeah, um, we just say yes. We're like, okay. We say yes. And I think that is such, I tell that to people all the time. I say, you know, just say yes to everything because the more you say yes to, the more options you have in life. And 20 years from now, you can look back at all of those yeses and connect the dots back to where you started. And um, and that's, I just, I think saying yes to as much as you can, um, as scared as you are to say yes, just say yes and figure it out. Um, that's my advice to anybody starting in this business. Um, just be open to every opportunity that comes your way and and say yes and do it. <laughs> uh, I appreciate your story. I'm going to read my final quote here. Um, Remember, pathways are like the path when the sun touches the water. You don't know where it leads or ends, but you never know until you walk that path. And I think that's pretty true for you. Yeah, yeah. You took it. You took a step. You took a, a bigger step than most. And I think that's an amazing, but I just appreciate your time and I loved reconnecting with you. Yeah, it's just, it's been, I mean, it's just, you know, to see you grow and I mean, knowing you, I mean, you're, I think what you're seven years younger than me. I'm 45 and I'm 51. So yeah. we're good. We're six. good. We're six. good. Six. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, just, just to see your career path and just be happy for people that do that and, I just think yours is an amazing story. And I was so appreciative that I was able to have you on. So I appreciate you taking your oh, time yeah, and doing this. And so next time I am in the city, let's catch up. I mean, let's do for sure. You, have I know to, it's always, husband, you can come over. We'll make dinner and. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. It was just yeah. this, this last time was just a whirlwind. So it was just. As know, they always are. Well, it was different because they had never been up there. So we just kind right. of like, we, you know, you just did where the day took you. So it was yeah, like a yeah. little bit of a different adventure this time. So, but yeah, definitely next, I always, I come up every year. So we Amazing. will do that. Yeah. All right. I appreciate you. Thank you. I love you for doing this. And I, I look forward to seeing you. So watch his work, watch the Drew Barrymore show and see what he does. And so you stay on here. I'm going to sign off and I, um, Thank you guys for joining Pathways and we'll be back next week with another special episode. So like, share and subscribe.